0: Hi, welcome to the CEO Blindspot Show. I am Birgit Camps and I host CEOs who are both really high performers but also humble enough to share their leadership blind spots. So today as our guest is Damien Boudreau. He's the CEO of Auto Training Academy and also the Andy Project. So, uh, you know, I'm going to turn this over to you, Damien, but um, I'm kind of gonna start with the, the big peak of the, you know, the blind spot, which is tell us how in the world did you succeed after losing just about everything that mattered to you in life? So we know you're successful today, but you yeah. lost your daughter to a rare disease, you lost your wife, You, in effect, lost your business because you had to relocate because of your choice to stay close to your three daughters that are alive. So that is like a boulder of a thing to go through in life. And, you know, the purpose of this podcast is really leaders leading leaders. And a lot of times people feel as a leader that they're alone and when they see other leaders, they're like, oh, their life is perfect. They've succeeded at everything but boy, um, thank you for being willing to be open and uh, share with our listeners you know, some of your life challenges and you know, how, how you ended up in the success that you are now.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so I would say the magical misery tour of my life lasted about nine years, and mm-hmm. it's the reason for my success. You know, I had a job, and when you have a daughter who's critically disabled, And you have three other children you can't really have a job so you're forced into trying to figure out how do I feed my family and be in ICU and have no certainty in my life and so I became basically a solopreneur at that point where I was just putting myself out there in my little niche and saying okay this is how I can work and it was a constant evolution almost like is if you're rewriting your business plan all the time to stay profitable and productive and fit the market. I just had to evolve because of family. And mm-hmm. so, those years of trying to figure it out truly made me have to go, okay, what else could I do? How else could I do it? If I can't do it this way, what else could I do? So I became a master at asking questions mm-hmm. and I, I'm i in the car business and most of the people in the car business sell cars. and I couldn't sell cars every day because you have to work every day and I couldn't work every day and so people would hire me to come in and or, or go into dealerships and teach people how to sell and and how I sold that was a great salesman did really well at it and that was the beginning of my business and over the years that business has evolved from a solopreneur to an entrepreneur to where I have a team now. And I help the highest-achieving salespeople in the automotive industry sell 131 cars a month. Sell- wait,
0: wait, wait. Did I hear you correctly?
1: Yeah. I have one salesman who sells 131. I have four salesmen who sell over 100 cars a month. I have probably 70 salespeople that hire me and work with my team that sell somewhere between 50 and 90 cars a month and they're individual salesmen who sell cars one at a time, but they, they don't do it in the conventional way of, of selling because the conventional selling pro- platform is transactional. I meet you, I sell you on liking you, liking me, trusting me and believing in me and then I get to know you and we build rapport and then you ask for the product and I say here's the numbers and there's a negotiation. Well, in my business model, We only wait on people who already know us, already like us, already trust us. So the handshake is a hug. And you might not talk about the product. You just talk about friends and family and kids going to school and are the fish biting and an LSU Tigers win and all this other fun stuff. And by the way, why are you here? And they, oh, my wife's pregnant. We need a van. So you really
0: try to get to know the person. And and like you said, in a world that's mostly transactional, especially the car industry that's becoming very transactional, your success actually has come from focusing on the relationship. Now, how much uh, you might say other people have a blind spot in that they think it doesn't really matter. But would you say that you are so focused on that because you really value people because of what you went through? Or how did you end up realizing that to be, I mean, you went from a salesperson to having a company to, to you know, managing people, which is not something that most people can do, right? Transition from being a salesperson to having a company and
1: yeah, know, managing people. Right. But the business of business is people, Period you know did you always know that uh i stumbled on it because i hated meeting people who didn't like me i I would meet people as a salesperson and okay so let me just convince you i did not kill a child this morning i didn't beat my wife i've never been to jail and i just want you to know that i'm a good human okay What kind of car you want? (laughs) You know, it's like every customer, you got to convince them you don't suck and you're a good human and I'm a good human and I don't want to fight that. I didn't have to fight that with the people I grew up with. I didn't have to fight that with my dad's friends. I didn't have to fight that with people who work with me in the job I had before I was selling. Everybody knew me and everything is so transactional. Relationships are transactional. What can I get out of you today? You know, and they say, people come into your life for a reason a season or a lifetime and in business it, the business is about people but it's not just about that a uh, building a relationship it's about maintaining the relationship for life they don't want to look for another person who sells your product they would really like to just know you And if you're really good and you really make it personal and meaningful for them and you can help them and not be attached to selling and be attached to solving and serving, then business becomes totally different. You just play from your heart. I solve problems more than sell 2,000 pounds of metal and steel. And that's what I teach my salespeople. They got to believe they can get to whatever level of success they want or that can see at that moment, because that'll evolve, right? Mm-hmm. But then they just have to love. Then they just have to be present with the fellow earthling across from them and slow down time. And that's what I did. And I was really good at it. Everybody was wondering why I made it so look so easy. My work ethic was incredible, but I wasn't really selling. I was more of an advisor to people who already trusted me. What do you think? Oh, I think you should get the truck. You know, there's a couple you should get. I'd get that one, but pick one.
0: Yeah, you really do uh, care about relationships and building the long term. And you know, I've known you for years, also. And uh, you know, you're you're really. Uh, I'm so grateful that you're teaching that because, you know, probably a lot of people in sales right now are struggling with. Um, you know, the, the external pressure of their bosses or whatever on do transaction after transaction. And, you know, maybe, you know, if they, if they realize that the long-term it's much more joyful and beneficial. And clearly you've proven that time and time again, when you lost everything, it's your relationships with people that pulled you through. And also, like you said earlier, you you got creative you would not be a victim to your circumstances so for as long as i've known you you you, to me you're just like amazing and so successful and you know i also know you make things look easy but you you really self-evaluate a lot so when you went from being a solopreneur to now having auto training academy teaching people being a speaker you're also an author you've got several books you know, again, it's, it sounds like you're nothing but success. Like what you touch turns to gold. But um, what, what would you say, you know, was, were some of your key blind spots and how did you discover them?
1: Well, probably the biggest one is just to know your lane, just to know what my gifts are. And that's what I do. And then I have my team. I have, for example, Star. Star is in charge of the world. I'll say, hey, can I come to the meeting on Wednesday? And she'll say, okay, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and, you know she's in charge of everything and so, so ha- yeah and so when whenever you have an employee who's gifted at marketing you you let them i don't have to do 12 jobs i have to find somebody who can oversee somebody who's doing each of those jobs and just communicate with star she works with zach who manages the wordpress and the whole internet you know all the all the the heart the, the stuff behind the scenes she works with angela the 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 the, uh, the graphic designer and the person who's doing all that. She works with Anna, who is in charge of the blogs and everything. And me and her communicate, but she really, she has a, a thing called Asana and Asana delegates it out. Now I can go look in Asana, but I, I go blind when yeah, I look so in Asana. Yeah, so you like,
0: discovered how to stay in your lane and boy, that's a huge nugget, right? Because I think as an entrepreneur, we try to do everything ourselves. How did you discover What your lane was, and you know, is that when you discovered you had a blind spot because you were trying to do it all, or how did you discover that?
1: Yeah, I I have said for a long time, know your weaknesses and avoid it. Figure out what you suck at and don't do them. I don't know. I don't care how hard I work at organization and writing. You know, buying the the little detailed ledger and trying to track a calendar. I'm gonna suck at it. Organization. I'm gonna suck at it. Time management. I'm out. I don't do time and space horizons. Did you I, always know that? No, I learned that. I How? learned that by just being aware, just being conscious. What you have to do is you have to you have to be willing to be conscious of what you're unconsciously doing that isn't working for you. You have to be willing to take a step back and say, okay, that doesn't feel good at all. So just being in your in your spirit of saying, okay, if, am I really good at that? Should I be doing marketing? Should I be doing, you know, making the funnel stuff in our industry that's huge. Oh, you gotta make a funnel and you gotta do the, the, the emails. And, and my emails are an emoji and three sentences and a little laugh out loud and, and I love you, click. That's my, that's my email. Oh, these emails, oh, they got different layers. Why do I wanna do that? That's miserable. If I just love people and connect to people and be creative, then that's my success. And and both Auto Training Academy, which is in the automotive industry, which all the content I created, and I created it just by being aware, if I can teach it at a second grade level, because actually, you know, you, you look at children, they're the greatest salespeople in the world. They're the greatest closers in the world. First graders have 100 friends and no enemies. Adults just say, I voted for this candidate or this candidate, and half the world will be grateful to hate them. And children are just present and caring and respectful, and they're not trying to get an outcome for them. They're trying to just be themselves and listen to their friend. And as an adult, we've lost the ability to listen, to understand another human. We're listening to answer the question. We're listening to respond. We're listening. Let me show you how impressive I am. Right? People mm-hmm. are lying at the beginning of a relationship because they feel inadequate and they need to feel more significant. So let me just come up with an idea of something that I could say I really did well that I never did so they'll be impressed with me and the other person doesn't care because the other person only cares about what you care about them. And we're all putting this fake mask on. And we're not listening to the other human who has value and heart and challenges and needs. It's the greatest gift we can give right now is presence. Especially in this place of of life where we've dehumanized everybody, where a website has more relationship connection to humans than humans have relationship connection with humans. They'll go to a website to look for a car. They'll go to a website to get a recipe. There's just no connection to life anymore. And because of that, what I teach is more value, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I think uh, you've stumbled upon something that's, again, a huge nugget that we as people become aware of. Are we, you know, treating people like people? Are we doing, you know, each other like commodities? Um, And then, you know, you mentioned that awareness was the key, Uh, I also constantly hear you questioning things and being in inquiry mode now you know again we're so busy these days I think hardly anyone slows down to question things right Uh, when you have a blind spot though how do you become aware of it if it is a blind spot it seems like like you get some clues like being in pain from having no time or being in pain from looking at things that don't work was there a point in time where you were trying to do it all? And then, and then you, I had to do it all.
1: That's, right. a, that's a solopreneur, right? And then,
0: and then you decided I can't keep on this way. And then you started inquiring, is there not, a different way? I,
1: I didn't like, I didn't like grit. I didn't like, I didn't like things that didn't flow. Right. And so imagine, imagine there's a piece of marble right in front of you. Right. And you have to take, you have to take the first hour of your day right? And just just take a breath. And the first hour of your day, you, you take that marble and let's put some oil on it and, and slide our hand around in it, right? Because we'll really feel if there's any grit or bumps or anything on that marble, we slide our hand across it, right? And if you feel grit or a bump or a dip or a... Okay, what's that? Not, that something's not right. Why is that gritty? Why doesn't that feel right? What's... What am I not paying attention to, right? And so your whole first hour should be like you're sliding your hand across a marble slab that's oiled up and there's no grit. Oh my God, that was perfect. And every moment that you're in that, 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 that hour should be just sliding across. And once you can learn how to do that with an hour moment by moment, you should be able to pay attention to that your whole life. And every step you take should be that that step that's just smooth. And when you are who you are at your best, when you're connected to yourself at your most profound greatness, you can do that. You can really pay attention to that. And then be curious when it doesn't work that you don't get frustrated. I gotta get this right, right? No, I I don't have to do it. I gotta go, okay. What the hell just happened? Let's. What else could I do? How else could I do it? Who else could possibly do it? Maybe there's a way that I could do it where I don't feel that way. This has got to be easier. There's got to be a simpler way. What happens if it is simpler? How much better does that make? So the ability to ask questions before you get frustrated and react to a situation, instead, by just What, when, how, where, when, why, how, what else?
0: When do you do that? Was that? How often and when
1: do you do that? I do it unconsciously now.
0: Now, back but then, back no then?
1: Choice. I had no choice. You know, you, your world's falling apart. You, mm-hmm. you know, you have a, a, a daughter who costs you $32,000 in insurance. The insurance wow. pays... Fifteen thousand dollars. Then the insurance needs to get you off because they're not they're they're a profit center. so they figure a way to get you off the insurance. And then you know you you're, you're going along, and you and your partner, your, your 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 spouse are fighting the world. And look, when Andy was born, she was born two pounds nine ounces. Right? Mm-hmm. She's imagine your hand right here from here to here. That's how long she was. Right? She was that long. Right? Her hands did on my thumb. And the first time I got to touch my little girl was when I went to the neonatal ICU, and they had her in a box, a glass box, right? And I slid my hands in these gloves in this glass box, and I got to touch that little body covered with wires, right? Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I I put on my full metal dad, and I said, all right, let's do battle. We're going to fight the world. We're going to kick some – I got this shit. We're going to go. Let's go. I got it. And, I mean, I bowed up. And five years later, my ass was handed to me, and I was worthless and alone and w- wiped out, and, and, and I had no control of nothing. I would fight everybody. And Andy passed away about seven years. And, and when, you, when, you ha- when, when life unwittingly drags you through the deepest, darkest bowels mm. of hell, and you crawl through the mud, not knowing how you're going to get out there. It is total darkness. And you come out on the other's end, and at the end of the journey, you go, how in the hell am I still here? And, you, and then you don't, learn, you, don't, you don't learn from your past. You learn by walking away from your past, turning around, going back into the abyss, and crawling around again and looking behind the corners and the mud and digging and findings to, oh my god i forgot all about this oh my god i learned so much and trauma is real you you don't have to carry the tra- I don't have to carry the trauma of my magical misery tour with me what i have to do is let go of the trauma find the greatness in it mm-hmm. and be fond of it so that i can learn from it and in the abyss is your blessings in the abyss is your Is your gold in the abyss is your future heaven. It is the place that sucks so bad that afterwards you look back and you go, Man, I I learned this and I learned this and I learned this and I'ma integrate it here and I'ma integrate it here and I'ma integrate it here and I'm gonna teach it here and I'm gonna share it here and I'm gonna help somebody here. And the next thing you know, you look at and you go, Man, I am a master.
0: Hmm.
1: And how life don't
0: quit. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, there is no quit. Yeah, you,
0: you, no you don't quit and you inquire and wow, everything you just said. So first of all, thank you for sharing that, right? That's uh that's a big abyss that you turned into bliss today, but it was not overnight. So thank it? you. Heard that. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, if no, you, thank, if, if, yeah, that's that's it. I
1: think it all the time. People, people are struggling with life, mm. and their pain and their struggle is real. Whatever the level it is, their, their lights got turned off. You can't weigh in the moment of distress. You cannot weigh that one is heavier than the other of losing a child. They both weigh the same, and they don't know why. But when I say it's going to be okay. Their soul knows, I know. Mm. And they find peace in that moment. They find hope. They find possibility. And that's why I'm here.
0: Well, thank you. And I know you're in the car industry, but what you're saying really applies across all industries. Now, if we happen to have some of our listeners, which I suspect we will, that are in the car business. Well, really anybody, anyone who's in sales, anyone who's trying to lead salespeople. um, I mean, I could talk to you for about 10 more hours, but are, are there, is there a website? Is there a place where they could find out more about the journey that got you from A to Z?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of places that you could get free content, a bunch of it, really. So, there's YouTube where my name is on it. There's a autosuccessblueprint.com is about 35 free videos, do the work, right. do the stuff. It doesn't matter what you're selling or where you you are in life, it'll, it'll change your life. And remember, I don't teach people to sell, I teach people who sell to build a business where they don't have to sell anymore. And it's profitable and sustainable and scalable and healthy. I don't teach sales, I teach salespeople how to build a business where sales happen because of relationships and that's really the key differentiator in what I teach. Then there's how to howtosell100cars.com. I wrote that book with my dear friend Ali Rita who sells 131 cars a month. He's the number one salesman in the world in the automotive industry, absolutely a beautiful human. We met in 2010, he was selling 25 or 30 cars. We started our journey. Every next level was an evolution and mindset change, process change, question. And over the period of about five years, he learned to be more aware. He learned to go, okay, what else, how else could I make it work? What are some other ideas that would be possible? And now he has the ability to be aware of his moments because that's what we really capitalize on is moment. People judge their sales in hours or half hours. We judge our day in minutes. We measure our productivity one sheet in minutes, right? So we know what we're doing every minute. Is it productive? Is it not productive? Is it delegatable? Is it not delegatable? Is it something that is making me money, right? Yeah,
0: and Damien, if I'm a leader in the car industry or I'm a leader, like if I have my own company and I'm leading salespeople, what, I mean, you've given us some amazing nuggets on how you got from being a salesperson to now being a CEO. Um, what would be the, I mean, do you go, do you have anything for dealers? Do you have anything for other CEOs yeah. as well?
1: Managers. Let's talk about managers first. Manager's job is to teach sales, not to sell, but managers have been taught to teach sales and that's it. They don't teach them how to grow to where they don't have to work with these salespeople anymore. They're just profit sitters for the dealership that they're making money on and they're not spitting any effort anymore. So a manager's role has to evolve with the growth of the salesman. Now, if the salesperson is quitting, you know, all the time and they're not retaining employees and the culture of the store is bad and stuff, it's just not gonna work. But if a manager takes a person and when they first start, they're the teacher, and then they become the guide and the mentor, and then the next thing they become is a coach, and the next thing they're moving them toward is an evolution. But the whole thing is nobody teaches managers how to do that. Nobody teaches managers how to teach. They just say, "Okay, your job is to teach," but but how do I teach? I mean, there's a there's a, a there's a psychology to laying out a curriculum that in most sales professions is done totally. Contrary to how a first grader was trained to learn in first grade, you know, you learn the ABCs left to right, right? Everything is taught up and down. We we don't learn up and down. You know, the conscious mind can only remember seven plus or minus two of anything. So four and three is the magic numbers. When we say people, okay, remember these five things, ain't happening because the brain doesn't work in five things. Then we have different ways of teaching so most everything we learned when we were kids in the abc's a had an uh, uh, there was there was a picture under it what was the picture in your world in both mexico mexican uh, your 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 schools that were when you were in mexico your schools that were german your schools that were in texas what was the picture under the a here you remember
0: Are you referring to all the different uh, culture challenges I faced? No, no.
1: no, there was a picture under the A in the classroom on top of the blackboard.
0: Oh, yeah, you're probably referring to Apple. But remember, I'm, I'm in a different language. <laughs> right. But so, there was an Apple, right? If I would have been in an English school, yes. <laughs>
1: there was an Apple. But we don't teach in pictures in the car business right. and in sales, And we learn in pictures.
0: Yeah. And so if I'm a dealer, I have to realize that my blind spot might be I'm promoting these salespeople, but I'm not really teaching them and helping them succeed in a way that that supports everybody. And I think I think, you know, my dad used to own car dealerships way back when. And he said it's, you know, the turnover in the in the car industry is tremendous. And when I had my staffing firm. I know that turnover in any company that focuses on sales tends to be huge. So if I'm someone who's either a manager or someone who owns a company that manages salespeople, you know, I think you have, I think you're even on Facebook and you, you have podcasts on this, but, but the big thing as a, as a leader, what I'm hearing you say is, ask yourself the question, how am I setting up my managers to succeed?
1: Yeah, and the obligations of a manager with, with a young sales force is overwhelming. And managers fail more than salespeople. And so if as somebody progresses, the obligations of a manager goes down. But if we're not keeping anybody, the obligations are overwhelming. So there's no growth. And so we're just turning the bottom. Now they've been making a fortune with this model forever. But now there's a there's a there's a challenge with profits in the car business. So now they're willing to listen. Again, you know, the pro the, the problems that people have will cause you to listen.
0: <laughs> Amen to that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Damien, um you know, people seem to not want to listen for 10 hours these days, but I feel like you've covered 10 hours worth of lessons in less than an hour. So you're also very gifted in the way you get to the points. And wow, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for being open and your passion is all over this podcast show. <laughs> I'm I'm really clear and and actually you're clear. I would I would probably say, you know, one of the things you that's not your blind spot but maybe your blind spot on how important it is is being really clear why are you doing all this? Like you are so clear about the contribution you want to make that I would say that that is that is something that's really go ahead
1: it's got to be so,
0: smooth. So people who are listening can't see, but, uh, oh, but you're they are pointing to oh, that. The
1: point is, yeah, it's got to be smooth. So the clarity and intentionality I have fits with who I am at my best and where am I going and why, mm-hmm. which gives me that passion and energy without any challenge at all.
0: So the starting place is being clear. Why are you doing this and what are you up to?
1: Yeah, what, what is the problem or the possibility I'm trying to accomplish? Who am I at my best to accomplish that? And those two pills will give me all the energy I need to be unstoppable, fearless, and bold.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so, so much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for helping me with my blind spots along the way, by the way. (laughs) I have, I have blind spots. My, my, uh, my business acumen, my vision for the future, all of the the, vin, the the vision, mission, and values that you helped me with were invaluable. Everybody needs to pay attention to the blind spots that she can lay out for you because you fit somewhere in there, guaranteed. And when <laughs> you see it, you'll go, oh, "Okay, so how do I fix that?" <laughs> she's a genius at it. She's a genius at it. She'll pick it out. They'll just shock you how fast she, she diagnoses you.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Damien. (laughs) You're very generous in that. And you've been generous today, uh, you know, with, with our leaders and and our listeners. And I would say, uh, to be a leader, you have to be a listener. And, you know, you clearly, that's another thing, you know, sometimes that blind spot can be a positive one too. And for as long as I've known you, you're an amazing listener because you listen below the surface so, um, you know, yeah. to our audience, uh, hopefully today you also got to, you know, get some clues and maybe be more aware of some of your blind spots. Um, Damien, you know, you, you just spoon fed us some of the key ones and, uh, you know, looking at whether how are you treating people as commodities or as humans Um, you know, are you really spending any time looking at, you know, what might I be missing? How might I be doing things better? Really taking time to be in inquiry mode and, um, you know, and never quitting. Like, so, so instead of looking at pain, like I can't handle this anymore and coming up with excuses, it's really looking at what can I learn from this so I can contribute to others. And so I, you know, and and how can I be my best? I mean... I've got all I kept hearing all day from you was, uh, I say all day, I've known you for a while, but it's, it's really be aware, be in inquiry mode. And as long as you just don't quit, you'll come out with great nuggets like you have. So thank you again for contributing the way you do. And for our listeners, I've got a, you know, a link down below that if you want to see the 10 most common leadership blind spots, um, you can click on that and um
1: and go again, do. pardon me go do that y'all go, go do, do that,
0: that. <laughs> so that's yeah Damien, thank you so go do that <laughs> and enjoy being a leader enjoy the journey and be clear about why you're doing what you're doing. Thank you very much and top scenes I'll feed in
1: hasta luego goodbye <laughs> bye everybody, love y'all. <laughs>